Chapter Seven of Our Western Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. The Song Sparrow. You would know the song sparrow by its voice anywhere. Just as you know the members of your own family who speak in the next room, they are among our sweetest singers. True, the song is never long, but it is hearty and full of cheer. You like to hear it on a foggy morning or in the drip of the rain. If something has troubled you and you are too sad to see any of your other friends, you welcome the song sparrow and listen to what he has to say. He sings wherever the notion takes him. On the ground, in a shrub, on a log spread out flat in the sunshine, on the rim of the water dish you so kindly keep for him in the garden, he sings at his meals between mouthfuls, before daylight, after dark, at high noon, and we have heard his note in the night, as if like many another bird he were talking in his sleep. Even his chirp is not unmusical. While his mate is patiently sitting upon her four or five speckled eggs, the singer seems never to quit his song. He remains near her, as if the sound of his voice would cheer her up. And when once the eggs have hatched, the two old birds are seen always together, pecking in the mulch beneath the trees, scratching in the dead leaves, or hunting amid the foliage of low shrubs. All the time they are hunting for food for their little ones. They keep up that constant chatter, as if it were the happiest thing in the world to be obliged to scratch for a living. Always their tails stick straight up, very much like the tail of a wren, and they have a way of jerking their tails in a sociable way, as if it helped on the conversation. We have the song sparrows always with us in summer and winter. You see them in pairs the year round, not in flocks. They love the great bunches of pampas grass, so common in the gardens of California. As you walk past the waving grasses, there is a rustle and a chirp, and out flies a song sparrow. And they love the closely clipped hedges as well. We have found more nests in the pampas grass and the hedges than anywhere else. It is dark and sheltered here, and the birds have a way of creeping into places nobody else would think of. And their nests are always dark in colour, suiting the shadows where they are placed. The base is of grasses or little twigs, but the inside is lined very thickly with black horsehair. We have got into the habit of picking up the combings when the horse is groomed all the year round, and tying it about low tree limbs, or sticking it in the cracks of the woodshed. Song sparrow finds it in due time. We have had light bay horses. But combings from these the sparrows never choose. They leave the red hairs for the linnets, who build where the sun shines more than in the shadows. Light colours are not so readily seen in the bright light as in darker places, and it would never do for the song sparrows to build their nest in plain sight. They place them too low, so they have their own way of hiding them. Sometimes they nest in our bamboo thickets. When the young are half-fledged, they slip out of the nest and slide down the smooth bamboo stalks to the close growth below, where they are safe from cats and other enemies. 
the way they have of slipping out of the nest before they are able to fly gets them into many troubles. We have found a baby song sparrow hanging to the nest by one toe, quite unable to help itself out of the difficulty. Horsehair makes good stout ropes, and can be depended upon to hold on to when the bird gets its toes tangled up in it. This does not happen often. Once, when it did happen, the old birds fed the young one until it was grown. The poor prisoner not being able to get away. We saw the parents taking food to the bamboo long after we had seen the young ones fly out. By careful search, we found the prisoned bird and cut the hair that held it. The sparrows eat almost anything from tender shoots of plants and soft buds to insects of many sorts, and even to cooked food. We always keep something out for them. We sometimes think they have the sense of smell, for they will find a slice of bread and butter hidden anywhere in the garden almost as soon as we are out of their way. No need of always making crumbs for the birds; they like good fat slices as well as anybody does, and their strong beaks seem made on purpose for breaking up crusts. Our farmers make a mistake sometimes when they think the sparrows are eating up their grain. They are more often hunting the weevils that eat holes in the grain, and other insects that like the nutty taste of wheat and barley. When we get into a habit of thinking evil of anybody, it is hard to quit. Farmers have fallen into the habit of thinking evil of the sparrows and of calling them hard names, but the birds keep on doing a good turn for those same farmers and waiting until they are better understood. A person who spends his time finding out things about birds watched a pair of sparrows a whole day just to be sure they are useful birds. He counted carefully and discovered that the old birds fed exactly forty grubs an hour to the young ones in the nest. Now, what are grubs that sparrows should hunt forty of them an hour for baby food? They are the young of beetles. We have many harmful beetles that do much mischief to our trees and vegetables. The young ones are wrapped up in little bundles and live for a while in the moist ground under the trees, where the mulching is loose and rich. We call these young beetles grubs. It is these fat little grubs the song sparrows are after when you see them scratching and pecking away in the shade after you have irrigated the orchard. If you watch closely. You will see the birds pick up more than a mouthful, and the little insects will drop out of the corners of the birds' beaks. Song sparrows seem never to know when they have a beak full. We have seen them go on picking up the same grubs that have fallen out of their mouths over and over again, and we laugh, as who could help it? Our song sparrows nest two or three times from April to July. Then comes a sorry time for the old birds. They begin their yearly molt. They seem to know how droll they look and keep well out of sight in the bushes. When they venture out for food, you will notice how ragged their feathers are and how half-dressed they appear. Still, they chirp cheerily as if sure of a new suit in good time. And when the new suit is all done, some time in September, it will be all dots and dashes like buttons and lace edging and brown and white ribbons. The song sparrow seems fitted to be a schoolhouse bird 
because it is always on hand when school keeps. A pile of tree cuttings under the window, and branches of any bush or shrub would make just the shelter they love. The sparrows do not slip under boards or behind boxes and barrels when they are startled. They like partial shelter, like the twigs, so they may see out between the sticks and foliage, and look around without being seen themselves. You might try sowing lettuce seeds in the loosened ground before you place the pile of twigs. You could sprinkle through the boughs in summer and keep the place moist, so the lettuce could grow. A row of children could sit around this sparrow's corner and study their ways. End of chapter seven.